only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Recorded live. And it's the Weekday Warriors of Wrestling for Valentine's Day, February 14, 2015. The Weekday Warriors of Wrestling on the weekend, like we used to do, Patrick, when we had the Weekend Warriors of Wrestling 11 years ago. Back in the day, oh, God, have we known each other that long? And indeed we have. Um, we would do it after, we would do mostly SmackDown, remember? Yeah, I do remember that. Back when we actually watched SmackDown. Yeah, that was fun. Um, it was kind of when SmackDown had that, like, revival period in 2005. Like, um, 2002 and 2003 was good, and then 2004 got awful. And then 2005, they started to improve it a little bit, and we were like, oh, okay. Um, and then Eddie yeah. died, and then that pretty much killed the whole brand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it it did. Um, so yeah, we've um, <clears throat> I put in the description of the show that awful week for WWE, great week for us because we had so many funny things happen. Well, not funny, but interesting things happen on um, on there. Weird. Should, yeah, that we should talk about. I mean, lots of people called it WWE's PR week from hell. Um, I think that's apropos. So um, I guess before we yeah talk about another all, one. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll um we'll talk about kind of everything that happened. Um, so I guess we'll start off with what happened on Raw, which was Seth Rollins, and as far as I can see, and as far as what I've been able to discern, uh, Seth Rollins was not so much hacked as his. Well, I guess it's technically hacking as his fiance got on to his Facebook account released a picture of a woman that we can assume, once again, this is all assumptions for me, but I'm using my best educated guess here, that uh, Seth has been having an affair with. and Which is supposedly, again, this woman in the picture is supposedly one of the NXT divas that's Mm -hmm. uh, not on TV at the moment, but has been in the training center and all sorts of stuff. So I forget the name, Um, but yeah. Zabra, I don't remember. Um, Anyway, so... Then we saw naked pictures of Seth Rollins. I'm sorry, I'm on the Then we saw naked pictures of Seth Rollins with, um, yeah, on his Facebook account. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of uh, how, how it went. They were quickly deleted. He apologized. So basically it looked like his fiance found out he was having an affair, showed the naked picture of the WWE diva he was having the affair with, showed the naked pictures that she had sent from Seth Rollins to her phone and then posted quotes of things he said that she, I guess, found on his phone in the comments section. So multiple things here, I guess. Um, I mean, mean, I've heard through the grapevine that Seth Rollins has had, to a degree, some sort of affair with women, multiple women, throughout his WWE tenure, at least, um, you know, which obviously isn't good. However, neither is what this can be classified as is revenge porn. And that's, you know, of course, <laughs> releasing pictures onto, and it's ground for legal action. Um, 
I'm not saying anyone is right or wrong here because it sounds like, you know, once again, it's someone's personal lives being put out there to, for us to see. We're just getting a little snippet of it as opposed to the entire picture. But, you know, it's, it's something WWE probably doesn't want to have the future of their company with his, like, dong hanging out in, uh, in Facebook pictures as they're a family-friendly company. So um, I've heard the reaction. Unless it's an official that, magazine like Shawn Michaels. Yeah, yes, that's okay. Um, I've heard that there's, um, I've heard multiple things from this, like one side, and I think this is probably true, one side they're like, you know, we're not going to make any comment, he's not going to be punished, it was like an unfortunate thing that happened, we're just going to make sure we let all the talent know to be careful on social media. And then on the other side, I've heard that, you know, Vince wants to find him to send a message, not because it was kind of like the Triple H punishment from years ago where, like, he can't really punish the girls. Obviously, one doesn't work for them. One's, like, in the performance center. Um, and Seth's kind of got to be the guy that takes it. Triple H, from what they've said, is strongly against that. Um, I've also heard that, like, maybe he's not going to get the title at the end of the run. I think that would be silly. I mean, it's not really that big of an issue, honestly. People will forget about it. They have pretty short memories. Um, Remember so, when everybody uh, hated Edge and Lita? Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah. So, I mean, WWE, I, like, I, I mean, it, I think it's going to blow over. I think this is the least of their concerns, quite honestly, from all yeah. the things we saw this week. It, yeah, ahead. pretty much. It's it's an unfortunate thing that happened, and advice to any guy and girl out there, don't cheat, because you're going to get caught, and it's going to be embarrassing. And, you know, most of the time, it's, it won't be as bad to say this, but... Um, it's it's not worth the price that you're ultimately going to pay if you get caught. So I would advise. And also probably, on the flip side, if someone's cheated on you, probably don't put their nude pictures on the internet because you're right. Exactly. Don't make you'll probably of it either. Yeah. Um. However, I mean, I can't remember if it was Louis C.K. or whatever. He made some comments like, you know, no successful relationship has ever been ruined by a by infidelity. Like, you know, most of the time there's an issue going on already. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that will be the reason that that person does it, something they're not being fulfilled for. So, you know, it's like it doesn't, based on, once again, the snippets that I heard that could be from Seth, but we don't know, that were posted on his fiance's Facebook in quotes. So I guess educated guests, that's what they were. It doesn't sound like he's very happy in that relationship. So, you know, I mean, it, that sounds unfortunate, but you also not you want neither people to be in a situation where they're not being, they're not happy or fulfilled. So, you know, I mean, right. once again, I think it's a, unfortunate thing but once again i mean like people have done worse i mean edge like had sex with his co-worker's girlfriend and then they used it in a store i mean come on you know this a great like, storyline uh, i might add yeah 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 i mean so um and if we want to talk about you know bad things that people did back in the day i mean the 80s was like sodom and gomorrah almost with some of the things that they were doing i mean jimmy snooker is a suspected yeah, murderer. Jimmy, Jimmy Snooker is probably a murderer. We we always forget <laughs> that. And like you know, there, it, it's always so funny. We'll we'll get to China in a second because she she made the news this week. Um, uh, you know, like they've got a rapist in in their quote unquote Hall of Fame. Mike Tyson is uh, Mike Tyson's in the Hall of Fame, right? Is, you know, he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. I don't know yeah, if he's yeah. in the Boxing Hall of Fame. Oh, no, 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 no. I meant the WWE one. I mean, he's, Mike Tyson's a convicted rapist. I mean, yeah. like, I mean, which is why I, I hated the comments by Triple H where he's like, if they were to Google her, they would see she did porn. Well, if you Google Mike Tyson, you find out that he 
fucking raped a person. Like, holy shit. Like, you know, it's... Proven in a court of law, by the way. Yeah, and and China, like, okay, whatever. But, I mean, it's two consenting adults. Like, okay, Jimmy Snook have probably killed somebody. Mike Tyson raped somebody. Like, you know, the idea that, like, you know, oh, she did porn. Okay, so did your buddy X-Pac, and I'm sure he's going in at some point. And before people, like, I don't know if Xbox deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame is a joke. Like, I hope everybody understands that the Hall of Fame is a fucking joke. Like, it's what, not, you don't think Rikishi belongs in there? If fucking Rikishi's in it, Coco Beware's in it, like, fucking Jimmy Hart's in it. Here's what the Hall of Fame is, and it's great for what it is. Right before WrestleMania, you honor the past, and you, like, can talk about it, and, and, and I mean, fucking Rocky Johnson, eh, well, man, I mean, he's a trailblazer, but here's the thing. Like, Patrick and I have talked about this at length. Like, how do you get in the Hall of Fame? Is it for you kayfabe star-wise and how much you've succeeded in that regard? Is it artistically? Like, there's no, there is none. It's just Vince put whoever he feels like in based on whatever he's feeling at the time. Like, Well, I can tell you why Rocky Johnson got in so they could get the rock rock. here. Yes, absolutely. No, I get it. I I get all the reasons why everyone's in there. Like, like. Who else is in there? Like, like, isn't Johnny Roz in there or some other, like, Yeah, I think so. Like, 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 come on. Like, people who are like, oh, I can't believe Macho Man's on the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you can? Because I can. I can believe all sorts of fucking things. Like, the people that are in that goddamn thing. Like, Pat Patterson. I mean, yeah, induct Pat Patterson as a finish guy, but as a wrestler? Like, okay. Like, what is the criteria for this stuff? There is no criteria. It's just they put people in it and give them a, a ring. Like, come on. Everybody acts like it's a big deal. It's really not a big deal. Once again, Coco B. fucking where is in the Hall of Fame. Like, I cannot, like, tell you I remember how when he went in, that was one of the ones where I, like, just... I must have done like 30 or so double takes looking at the TV. I'm like, this is a joke, right? I mean, we're around April Fool's Day. I mean, this is a joke. No knock on Coco, but... Like, who, yeah, was, who isn't... Like, here's the thing. Who isn't in the Hall of Fame? Like, Eric Watts? Like, that's it? Like, who isn't in the Hall of Fame? Like, <laughs> everybody, like if, if you go to the Baseball Hall of Fame, which is probably the best Hall of Fame that they have, and mm-hmm. you look at people and, like, you know... You look at who's not in, and you look at guy like Mike Piazza's not in it. Like, I mean, he's not Mike, seriously. No, he 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 just failed again to get the requisite number of votes um, to be included. I mean, Mike Piazza. I mean, if we can make a wrestling comparison, let, who would you say? I think Mike Piazza would be like. Um, uh, let me grab somebody. Uh, shit. Mike Piazza's Batista. That's who he is. You're just going to tell me fucking Batista's not going to be in the Hall of Fame? Of course not. Of course he is. Like, so the idea that, like, it's just so, it's just so silly to me. Because, I mean, if you look at the Baseball Hall of Fame and the guys that are in it, like, Burt Blylevin went in a few years ago, and people were, like, up in arms. Because, like, great, good, good pitcher, but, like, I mean, people are like, oh, really? The Hall of Fame? And, you know, like, this year, um, I think it was, what's his name? Um... Oh, God, the guy who played 90 uh, – Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio got in, mostly because he played for, like, 40 years. But um, I think his average was, like, two like 80 or something not super impressive, and he wasn't really a power hitter. And a lot of people didn't like that. But, you know, like, that's where they're going. That's where they drop it off. And once again, if you want to have a kayfabe argument, okay, put Hulk Hogan in. Put these guys in. 
But you want to have an artistic argument? Then it's like Dean Malenko. Then it's like this guy. Then it's like there's two different conversations. And as wrestling fans, we get those confused all the time. Patrick, we talk about it all the time about, like, The Undertaker streak. And everybody's like, that's amazing. Like, The Undertaker, like, it's okay to a degree, but Shawn Michaels' streak is more amazing because he puts on better matches every single year. I'm also getting feedback. I actually made a video about that once where, like, okay, who is Mr. WrestleMania? And it it really depends on how you look at it. In kayfabe, it would be Undertaker because he won 20 goddamn matches in a row. But if you look at it artistically, it's Shawn, but to flip it around, KJ Weiss, he's horrible at WrestleMania because he loses yeah, all the time. Is, yeah, and it's this weird thing. They talk about it on the show, and they're like, oh, Shawn Michaels is Mr. WrestleMania. What, with his losing WrestleMania record? Like, Shawn loses to Diesel. He loses to Tataka. He loses to um, Razor. He loses to um, Austin. Oh, he he loses to Cena. He loses to Benoit and Triple H. He lo- like the only guys he beat are guys that like you know he beats Brett. That's like one of them. Uh, he beats Snu- uh, not Snuka. Um, uh, uh, Santana he because Santana, he was, yeah because he was old, and then he beats Flair and McMahon because they're like old and don't beat anyone. So like you know kayfabe. Shawn Michaels is absolutely terrible at WrestleMania. Artistically, Shawn Michaels is the best performer that's ever been at WrestleMania. So, like, there are two different conversations. And if you want to have, like, in character hall, like, everybody's always like, I love what Hogan did for the sport. What, make shitty punches and, like, look like a fucking clown? Like, I'm not sure. Like, oh, people watched him? I mean, okay, I guess, but watch a goddamn Hulk Hogan match. You've seen every Hulk Hogan match, which is why I always think it's funny when people like James Walter, like, Rick Flair has the same match over and over. So does fucking Hulk Hogan. It's the same goddamn match. Monty so much just about up. every star today, unfortunately, but that's the way things are yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, yeah, there are exceptions. Obviously, like, Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville have, like, a different-looking yeah. match, and, like, you know, you'll get them. Like, Triple H and, and, and Daniel Bryan – and the Shield right. and the Wyatts, and, and there were, and Brock and Cena, like, there were a lot of, like, but, but yes, I understand what you're saying, when they just, like, phoned it and do the same Well, shit. I mean, if you watch it on Raw every week, we have, quote-unquote, competitive matches between named stars every week, and they all look the same, so. Yeah, yes, they do. They get their moves in. It's squash matches where one of the guys loses, is essentially what it is. Um, mm-hmm. no, no, nobody gets over. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, like, yeah, so, like, the it's so... It's so weird. Um, how did we get in the Hall of Fame? Oh, we talked about China. Okay, we were, which, and that's a good segue because we didn't do a show last week. What did you think of the Triple H podcast? My God, we didn't. I forgot we we we've had like a two week break. I thought Triple H was as slippery as you could possibly be. <laughs> he gave some very guarded answers, didn't he? Yes, he did. Some answers that didn't make any sense. You're right. We did not talk about the podcast. I forgot. Um, he blamed Vince on almost 95% of the negative stuff in the sneakiest way he possibly could. When Trip, when Austin was like, the Royal Rumble sucked, why did he win? And Triple H said, oh, we poured over that. Triple H basically translation was, I think everybody knew that was going to happen, but then Vince just said, we're doing it. That's what he says. Because then Triple H says, after asking why the Royal Rumble was awful, Triple H says, the beauty of WWE is one man gets to make that decision. So the reason the Royal Rumble sucks is because the beauty of WWE is one man named Vince McMahon makes the decision. <laughs> that is not an answer that makes any sense other than, hey, Vince made this call. That's what he said. And that's yeah. what it was. And that's why 
later in the week, Vince said Daniel Bryan will be main eventing WrestleMania. I like, you know, it's it's fucking predictable because at the end of the day, here's everybody's like, you can change, you can whine and cry all you want, but they're not going to change it. They're just saying that so you stop fucking shouting at the shows. Say what you want about Vince and his pride. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Vince McMahon does not want WrestleMania to end in booze. He does not want it. It is one thing he is prideful over, and he is he has a huge ego over. It's not going to happen. So what do you do? You change triple. You change Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns to not the main event. Okay, what do you main event it with? Triple H and Sting. That match is probably not going to be good. I mean, it's going to be fine. They'll do some like stalling tactics and stuff. And if it's in the middle of the card, okay. But as a main event, no. There's nothing else you can put there. It's not like last year where you could maybe possibly do like. Uh, Triple H and Daniel Bryan in the main events if they hadn't done the extra stipulation or Undertaker and Brock and the sheer shock of Undertaker losing could have closed the show they had nothing to put there so of course Daniel Bryan's going to be in there granted when Roman Reigns wins which he will they're going to boo out the fucking joint because it's good because the people that get tickets to Wrestlemania are the smarkiest smarts on the planet which is so funny to me Patrick I think it's so funny that like in contrast to the Super Bowl, where, like, the least amount of football fans go because it's all corporate and, like, you know, casual fans. And they go to see Katy Perry. Yeah, and WWE has the smarkiest hardcore fans at WrestleMania because they snatch those tickets up so quick. So it's, like, the (laughs) most, like, goddamn unpleasable crowd you can get unless you, like, make it an actual amazing show. Like, you can't put on a Mark show, like, like in, like, it, it reminds me of, like, Witch Towns or Mark Towns, like, seeing them in Denver or in Dallas, like, the week before the Royal Rumble and the week, like, after the first live show they had again, it's just like, man, these are fucking Mark Towns, like, you know, like, like, Denver is such a Mark Town, um, well, what yeah, is right. that WrestleMania crowd? And I remember being on the train leaving the show, and how many people were like, "God, that show sucked." And Cena Rock, that was boring. That was bullshit. Everybody what hated Cena Rock. I know, and that's like people like. I mean, everybody called it. CM Punk called it. Well, CM Punk called it because he wasn't on it. But I mean, you know, we all kind of. Oh knew well, yeah, that. yeah, but. But but we in all, all fairness to CM Punk, I mean, this guy was champion for like 500 days or whatever, or however long it was, and you didn't think that maybe you should conclude the reign at WrestleMania? I mean, yeah, Yeah, come on. I, I agree. And you probably would have kept him in your company. So, you know, that's like, <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we got to get this second match. And like the idea, like, I hate, I cannot stand when people are like, well, The Rock brings buzz. No, he doesn't. WrestleMania, WrestleMania 29 was lower than WrestleMania 28. It was fucking lower. That's what it is. And that was sold on Rock and Cena. That's what it was sold on. So I don't want to hear any of the goddamn excuses about it. Like, Punk talks about it in his podcast. He's like, the Survivor Series buy rate was, like, lower than they thought, and they blamed it on Miz and Truth. Well, fuck you. Miz and Truth weren't promoted. They weren't. It was John Cena. I remember the Raw leading up to that particular pay-per-view. They were booked like crap all the way through. And they weren't If you saw the New York promotion for it, it was the Rock is teaming with John Cena. That's what it was. So the idea Mm -hmm. that, like, oh, it's Miz and Truth, you didn't advertise them. You didn't market them. So I don't understand how it's their fault when it's Rock and Cena are teaming. How about maybe this? Maybe Rock gets big pops because he's there every blue moon, and they mistake that for quote-unquote drawing. I'm not going to deny Rock is a huge box office star. But with pro wrestling, 
You need to have some stake with your sizzle. Brock pops a buy rate. He absolutely did. He helped 27. He helped 28. By 29, the luster was off. You have to have some substance there, and they don't seem to get that. WWE exists in this fucking world where if you're a draw, you are a draw forever, and nothing can ever change that. I want to show, ladies and gentlemen, a difference in what like things can happen in a career. Going back to 2006, in the movie world, you cannot find a bigger star worldwide than Johnny Depp. He can open a movie anywhere. His movies will make millions upon millions of dollars. Fast forward to today, he has released his fourth bomb in a row. There are going to be less financers for his, for his movies. He's going to make less money for his movies. The reason because, is because he's had some bombs. His star has been tarnished a little bit. I'm not saying Johnny Depp can't, can't make huge movies, and, and of course if he funds the right project, he probably will. But the idea that, oh, you're a star and then you're fucking set forever is ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. The idea that, like, and that's the same reason that, like, you know, people in music are like, oh, it's, like, 1991, let's release a Beach Boys record. Because they were like, I mean, that's not going to make as much money as it would in the 60s. Like, come on. And it's, it's, it's like um, Jim Cornette would say in his, like, anti-Nitro speeches that he did. He says, yeah, Frank Sinatra's a legend, too. How many records did he sell last year? And, you know, I'm sure in the 90s. Frank did sell a few, but the point is, like, it doesn't last forever. And the idea that you just put these guys in situations and they're instantly stars and everybody just buys them because of who they are is fucking ridiculous. And once again, wrestling fans and wrestling promoters, and it's particularly the WWE, seem to be the only ones that subscribe to that in the entire entertainment world. Because the yeah, well, entertainment I mean, world is a very, like, what have you done for me lately type of yeah, and, and they they go pretty they go pretty far in the other direction. Like they're like, oh, you can never do this again, and like you know, you get one shot. Like, come on, like with the right project, people. I mean, I, I want to take say, well, let's do another little story, Patrick. Matthew McConaughey, four years ago or even three years ago, Matthew McConaughey was the all right, all right, all right guy, and he was in romantic comedies with Kate Hudson. And he wasn't really taken that seriously as an actor, and nobody really liked him, in, you know, in, like, hardcore, like, you know, like, moms liked him, and women who thought he was attractive would like him, and maybe men who thought he was attractive liked him. But he wasn't, he was you a know... Mid-carter, but he's not a main event star. There. Then Matthew McConaughey pulls off one of the best goddamn acting years I've seen in forever, does Dallas Buyers Club, he does True Detective, he does those Lincoln commercials, and Matthew McConaughey is one of the most respected popular, highest-drawing box office sensations you can get. It's the right project. You, you Like, the idea that it's not all these moving pieces is insane. Like, you get the right guy with the right director. I mean, I, I was reading uh, the, tele, the Revolution Will Be Televised by Alan Sippenwell the other day, and it's a book talking about how the golden age of television, you know, that we're currently in. And it talks about Breaking Bad, and Aaron and I, my girlfriend, has uh, eight episodes left in Breaking Bad. And uh, I want to watch them tonight. We just we just uh, finished the mid-season finale of season five. And they talk about it. They said, you know, we, he would pitch that show to people about a 50-year-old man in, the des- in New Mexico dealing drugs, meth, not even coke or heroin or any, like, the sexy drugs. And he has cancer. And, some, and the, like, the executives were saying, that is the single worst idea for a television show I have ever heard. And, of course, Breaking Bad... 
becomes one of the greatest critically acclaimed hits of our time. It's it ended with an incredible amount of viewers. Uh, like, mm-hmm. like the final episode was enormous, which is which shows what you can do if you stick to something and you commit to quality. People will come eventually. I mean, sometimes they won't, but you know they 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 can. And it just shows, like, you know, Brian Cranston, Vince Gilligan, you get a, a writer from the X-Files, an actor from Malcolm in the Middle, the right network, the right people behind it, the stars align, and look what happens. Like, and it's just nobody in wrestling thinks that way. They don't think, well, let's put this piece here. Let's put, they're just like, uh, if we put Rock on a show, let's make money. Here we go, let's make money. Like, it's such a caveman attitude, and I, I just don't know how to combat it. And it's always the wrestler's fault. That's the other thing where, you know, if the storyline's not working or if a pay-per-view goes down or or whatever, it always falls on the talent. And I'm like, well, okay, how's the writing for those shows? Were they built well? Were they booked well? I mean, what's the deal? And and that's another thing I've always hated where it all falls on the talent whenever something goes wrong. Yeah, well, you know... Even Roman Reigns. I mean, the Royal Rumble wasn't really his fault. He was just booked into a bad situation. Yeah, now, I, I will... Granted, I do not think Roman Reigns is that talented, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't really do anything at that point. But, you know, you look at... Um, you look at uh, going back to the Triple H podcast, and Austin was like, oh, some of the problems are writing. And Triple H was like, or oh, the execution. Like, and that's how they always go. They always go, oh, it's the execution, too. And, you know, it's... They always go to that. I think you and I might, like, you know, favor the talent a little more, and maybe we're a little biased on that side. But WWE is clearly biased on the, the oh, it's the execution. That's always the fault. Like, it's, it's never our writing. You know, you know, we bring in Vader from WCW. He gets, you know, beat by everybody. And why isn't he a monster? Like, that's his fault. Like, you know, it's just like, come on. Just fucking take your head out of your ass for four seconds, you 90-year-old man. Um, <laughs> I'm not out of touch. What else happened in the podcast? Um, well, the China thing, obviously, we got to bring that China, up. Yeah, we 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 kind of talked about that, and we'll talk about what China said in a little bit. Um, uh, NXT, he was basically like, "Oh, I love the. Uh, I don't think you're ever going to find one person that everyone likes." I'm, I'm, Daniel Bryan. I'm, I'm like Daniel Bryan, Dolph Ziggler, and Dean Ambrose seem pretty universal to me. Like they're all faces. They're all super popular. Nobody boos them. Like, you know, yeah, those are guys right there. You know. And then the idea, like Cena's selling out arenas when he was when he was booed all over the place. Was he? Was he really? Like, or are you filling smaller arenas? Like, I love these numbers. I fucking love these numbers because I've seen. I don't have their house show numbers. I don't have the comparison. But I'll tell you what I do have: buy rates that they twist and fucking and TV ratings that they twist out of all proportion and make it seem like. I mean, I'll say it again. Cena makes no difference in the rating. Ratings. The idea that he does is fucking fabricated. Look at the ratings. Look at the goddamn ratings. I, I cannot tell you he does not make a damn bit of difference. Does Daniel Bryan? No, not really. But guess what? Nobody's booing fucking Daniel Bryan. So I don't know what to tell you. Like, I would take the guy, if, if everything is equal, but one's a better wrestler and everybody likes him, I'm going to take that guy. I'm going to take that guy. That's what I'd do. Because otherwise, yep. you're just, like, forcing your shit down their throat. Oh, he sells merchandise? Congratulations. He's had 10 years of ultra promotion, being the guy they put on every, every poster, every talk show. Everything goes through him. So he better have higher merchandise sales. That's all I'm saying. Because, it's, yes, does he? But it's so statistically designed to make sure he sells that it's not a fair, it's not a fair comparison. Like, you know, 
if you take one kid uh, against uh, with like poor form against another kid who's like, let's say they're they're both trying out for a baseball team, and you see them and they're both uh, performing exactly the same. Like they have the same batting average. They have the they're they're just as fast. They run the bases at the same speed. You know, and one guy's rich and and he's been schooled since he was young. And, uh, you know, he's also, he's, he's educated. The other kid's not very smart. He hasn't been educated. He's got poor form. Who do you take? Well, of course you take the guy with the poor form, because if this is the other guy with all the coaching and the, and the training that he's had, and they're the fucking same, you take the other guy because he hasn't had that and you can make him better. So WWE is so just designed to get the guys they pick because uh, he's tall and whatever. Fuck it, a man. We're all watching the show. We all know it's fake. Like we're past that point. If he's the idea that he's tall only works if you're like if you can get people to buy into him and believe him and then get him over more. Daniel Bryan's the most over guy. End of story. That's all you need. That's what you need to get. Do they invest in the character? Yes. Good. Done. That's it. <laughs> you know. You know, the funny thing is about the whole, oh, we like tall guys thing, they book tall guys so horribly that they can't get over as big guys. Big Show, Kane, uh, Great Kali, uh, yeah. dozens of them. And so it's like, you don't, even the guys that you ran down our throats, you don't even book them that well. They, they don't. And they, like, you know, like, they have them lose way more than they should. They don't give them squash matches. They, like, yeah, so if you like them so much, book them better. How about that? Um, oh, and one third more thing of the Triple H podcast, I guess we can talk about, is um, uh, his CM Punk comments were hilarious. <laughs> they were hilarious. I don't have a problem with the guy. I don't even. I didn't even know who he was. The fuck you didn't. Like, come on. Even Cena admits when he first saw him, he was like, "That's it." Like everybody was threatened by this guy when Punk came in, and it's because Punk. I'll tell you why they're threatened. Because Punk was Shawn Michaels. Punk was a talented guy who is so full, who is so full of himself, and is so confrontational, and he's so angry. Like Triple H, like of course Triple H gets him because Triple H is in the Vince McMahon position, and CM Punk's the Shawn Michaels position. So Punk comes in and he's like, "I'm better than everybody. I've done all this," and everybody's like pissed off because maybe he's right and he's being an asshole about it. So you fucking course you heard about him. All we heard about in 2005 was CM Punk. I mean, you and I would hear about it all the time, like, CM Punk, CM Punk, he's the, the best indie wrestler on the planet. He's the top guy. How could you not, if you're in the wrestling business, hear of CM Punk? That's kind of like you're working in the WWF in the mid-'80s and you don't know who Ric Flair is. I mean, it's kind of that. Yeah. Maybe not a bad degree, but... Yeah, or, or you're, or you're uh, in the NFL in, like, 2011. You're like, who's this Andrew Luck guy? I've never even heard of him. Who is he? He plays for Stanford? They're not the big leagues. I don't know. I don't know about that. Oh, jeez. Uh, but, yeah, so yeah, Triple H, very – he had a, he had a wall built all around him throughout that entire podcast. Yeah. And did you see the the, the 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 signal he gave to Austin when they were talking about punk? No, I didn't. He awkwardly scratches his face in the most awkward and he I think he scratches his face at some point in the interviews, but this scratch was very awkward and very deliberate seeming. And then of course Austin says, Well that's all we're gonna talk about that. So that was uh <laughs> I, I I'm sure I'm sure ask me anything, uh Triple H uh was like, Oh, you know. Um 
and it, you know, you know that hurts Triple H because he reads he's re, he reads that uh, squared circle Reddit, and he reads he they read the internet like crazy because he gets that he needs to stay on top stay on of top what the audience what is the thinking. Audience and I'm getting mm-hmm. feedback on you again. I'm sorry. Uh, what, what do you do when that happens? Uh, I turn the volume down because I think um, there's like an echo that comes over the phone. I'm not sure, but oh, okay. uh, is this better? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, and it's the same. Like, you know, I, I love the idea that, like, you know, oh, the hardcores will watch no matter what. Yeah, sure, okay, that's probably true. I, I can't really argue with that. We're also not going to fucking promote your product if it sucks. Like, Marvel <laughs> Comics makes sure the hardcore fans are placated at every goddamn turn. And Marvel Studios has done a pretty good job. I mean, yeah, there are some things I don't like. The Mandarin storyline, and they're not going to be beholden to to hardcore fans, but they're going to make sure you are happy and you are educated and you get the information you want. They have a good relationship with their fans, and they don't treat them like shit like WWE does in this weird-ass, like, I know you'll be glued to your TV. Yeah, maybe. Who, who knows? But guess what? We're not going to tell our friends about it. And that's what Marvel Comics well, I'll tell you what, right now, um, as far as other options go, I do have NXT, which I will keep watching. That's the one WWE show that I will promote. Um, I've got Lucha Underground, and I've got New Japan. So do I really need to watch Raw every week? I mean, not really. I don't think so. I mean, like, you know, once WrestleMania is over, I think they're going to see a decent-sized drop-off, especially if Roman wins. I, 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 I do believe that. Um, now, of course, they're going to be like, it's because Cena's been marginalized. That's the, the process that they're going to go to. But, well, he's um, at the U.S. title level now, and we've destroyed our big draw. So we got to push him again. Yeah. So, All right. So let's go on to the Triple H China thing. So we found out uh, China like posted some tweets recently, and she was like, oh, they haven't called me, and like I would love to be part of the WWE Hall of Fame. We later found out that those tweets are posted by someone that China pays to tweet for her, like most stars do. And then she wrote, she was on um, Vince Russo's Pyro and Ballyhoo and said that Triple H at the end of her relationship hit her. Now, I don't know if this is true because China has been known to be fucking nuts sometimes, but I, I have no idea. But the accusation being out there is not great for them because, and China honestly makes it sound like I'm not going to advocate hitting anyone, but and I'm not making excuses for it. But it was it doesn't sound like he like punched her and was beat her. It sounds like it was like they were hitting each other a little bit and he went too far and something like that. So once again, not excusing it, but it doesn't sound like he was like beating her and then like fucking stay down or something like that. So uh, yeah, apparently, which like, actually uh, leads me to believe the story might be true because that sounds more believable than yeah, it has you know, the nuances. Just, that you would mm-hmm. look for in a story like that. And she doesn't even seem like, you know, she's like, he knew he was upset. Like, I knew he was upset and he didn't want to do that. And it does sound believable. It doesn't sound like something, like, like unforgivable. Like, you know, it's bad, but it doesn't sound like something unforgivable. But from a corporate standpoint, if your COO has been accused of domestic violence, that is not good, especially in a pro wrestling company that a few years ago had a guy murder his wife and child. So, like, we're... Who are know, these? these I don't know. I've never heard of him. Uh, I just heard rumor of it. Um, so th- this is, you know, and then they released like a corporate statement like this are completely false and because of course, and there's no way to prove this, but you know, the accusations are there. Um, oh, she ain't going in now. 
Yeah, no, I, I, w- I would suspect not. But the interesting thing was, you know, that she also mentioned is what we suspected is that, you know, Triple H and Stephanie officially started dating in, I believe it was late 2000. China says mm-hmm. that they had probably been dating since late 99. So basically when the storyline started, they started dating, which, you know, I, I have no doubt. Like, people always talk about, like, you know, you fall in love who you, who you fall in love. I have no doubt in my mind that Triple H calculated his relationship with Stephanie. I have no doubt that that happened. Like, I'm, I'm sure they probably love each other now. They've been together for whatever. But I'm, you know he, he, he did what he did. Like, this is a guy, and whatever, it's your thing. Ambitious from the start, went up to Shawn Michaels and Kevin Nash said, I want to ride with you guys because you're politically powerful. So I have no doubt in my mind that that's what happens. And he's like, people can question the, the relationship. Yeah, I do. I mean, I don't question it. I know what it is. But, you know, <laughs> don't act like you, you didn't calculate your rise to the top with that. Um, hey, he was a man with a plan. I can't fault that. Yeah. I also like like Brian Kendrick's theme song. I'm a man with a plan. Uh, in more fun Triple H news, he wants a Latino star coming in. Somebody said, hey, there's this great guy, Al, uh, uh, El Patron Alberto, in Lucha Underground. Maybe they should hire him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's perfect. He's the height that they want, and he's bilingual. And yeah, um, Good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder why they don't go after him. Um, That's crazy. So... Apparently, there was news this week that Triple H wants a um, new top Latino star, which is smart. I mean, it's a big demographic, and a big part of their fan base is um, Latin America-based. And they don't have one. Rey Mysterio is not only hates the company, but his knees are made out of, like, styrofoam. Um, yeah. Somehow, they fucked up Mystico. I don't know how that happened, but they did. Um, I don't know if and, he didn't really come through in the ring, and that was really what he was going to be. I, yes, on. I agree, and that, that was a talent. That was a talent fault, but I just like it. It seemed like such a slam dunk for them. Um, you know, I, I mean, to me, I yeah, I get they want a big guy, and like maybe you get like a Mill Mortes or someone like that. But to me, um, they've got Kalisto, and I think if you let Kalisto go, go loose. And I'm not going to say he's Ray in 1996 because no one is. But Kalisto is a pretty fun little guy to watch. And I think mm-hmm. you could make him into a, like a diet Ray. And that could be what they're into. And I mean, like to me, like if you're getting like you want a Latino star, but I don't think height and like bilingualness is that important. To me, I mean, because if, to me, what you'd want is a guy that can be flashy to bring that lucha flavor into the mm-hmm. WWE and kind of capture that demographic. And you'd also want, you know, you I think you'd want a mask because those, like, you know, from a business standpoint, you could sell those like crazy. And yeah, I think you just want somebody fun in the ring. I don't know if you need, like, a tall, muscular dude and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I get where they would want well, that. Well, Paul Muscular, dude, not that Mexican wrestling doesn't have those guys, but they're not really known for that. Again, they're known for the masked men and the color, you know, the colorful yeah, costumes absolutely. and the high-flying flashy stuff. So market somebody like that, and right now, Kalisto's the best they have. I agree. I think, uh, and, you know, Sin- Hunico Sincara will never be, you know, what Mystico Sincara could have been if he didn't, you know, screw up. Um, but Kalisto, I think, could be a star, and they don't seem to, like, I, I've heard they, they want a 
a gay hairdresser character, and which at first makes you groan because you think it's going to be like, you know, uh, but apparently they want to do like a positive gay character, which I think is fine, but I don't know if Kalisto's the guy you use for that. Like, to me, just let him be Kalisto and let him do crazy you know, Rico, shit. Who was actually really good with what the, he was given, and they didn't know what to do with him, so. Yeah, and that's the thing. They never know what to do with these guys. They fucking have no clue what to do with these guys. Um, especially in NXT, where there seems to be some sort of, like, vendetta from Vince against them the second they get up there, you know? Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see who they get. Do you happen to know if Ricochet, Prince Puma, is uh, is Latino or if he is if he's just uh, black? I mean, obviously... He's you know, I don't Latino, know for sure. I've never seen him without a mask, so I I'll can tell, tell you. He is... As Prince Puma, he's 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 so good, and you know he's like one of the top independent stars in the country. If he has any sort of Latin heritage, I'd say he'd be, he's he's got a great build. Um, he's shown he can perform as different characters and make that lucha that silent luchador work. But if you want him out of the mask, I mean, you'd uh, uh, I, I think he can work both ways. So uh, he'd be a guy to look into. Of course, if you're Lucha Underground, you got to like lock him down because he's such a big deal to the company. But um, it'll be interesting because, I mean, especially with WWE, there's not a big, I mean, hardly any off the top of my head of a Hispanic representation for them. And, I mean, Lucha Underground has proven, I mean, not just among Hispanics, but among people who enjoy fucking competent professional wrestling with some flash and that Mexican style that, uh, I mean, people dig it, you know? I mean, it, it's, it's, there's not too many people I talk to that are like, oh, I really don't like Lucha Underground. It's not that good. Like, I get if you don't like the style. That's totally fine. But, like, if you're open to it, I think it's totally, totally fun and watchable, you know? Well, they just made a deal with Dish Network, the All Ray Network. They're, they're uh, now with Dish, and apparently that increased the audience, and apparently Lucha Underground's numbers are going up. So there is an yes. upward trend in viewership. Absolutely. That's the thing, and there has been, and that's, that's good. That's what you're looking for, because the big thing was El Ray Network. I don't know anyone who gets the El Ray Network. I have no fucking idea who those people are. When I moved but, into my apartment, I was shocked to found out to find out that I have it. I was like, are you serious? Cool. Yeah, but, which is like awesome. And if you have access TV, you can apparently get New Japan at like 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. or something. I don't know. I do not um, have that, but you know. Yeah, most people don't. Um, but, but, you know, that's the thing. Like, everybody wants to watch this show, and they're like, I don't have the channel. And El Rey, for, for what it's uh, worth, is like uh, or for for um, to its credit, is like well, we got to get these guys with more providers. So I think you know, like the numbers go up. They started off pretty small and they've been going up, and that's what you want. You want a trend. It's not how much do I have. It's where was I last week and where am I this week and where are we going to be? What are our goals? And Paul Heyman always talks about that. Have a plan. Have a long term plan. If you're seeing upward trends, good. You're doing the right thing. You're gaining more people. People are enjoying your product, and they're seeing you more. Normally, in television, what happens is, especially in network TV, uh, you know, a show debuts, it has a decent-sized audience, and then it always drops. It always goes down. You just want to have a decent retention rate. So if you're going up, I mean, that's fantastic. That's, uh, those, so even if those, those numbers are very small, which they are very small for Lucha Underground, but, you know, once again, 
it's not an established brand. It's not an established network. The network is not available very uh, many places, but its numbers are going up. And I don't know if and you've I, seen any other content on that channel. It's basically the Grindhouse channel. So there's yes, a, I've heard of that. Lucha Robert Underground is his channel. Yeah, exactly. It's they get Lucha Underground, gra- a, a bunch of kung fu movies, and even some like kaiju movies and stuff. So it's not a whole lot of content. And that's the thing, though. They own that content, and you know it, it's. That, that's that's library for them, and and theoretically you could like you know if you get to so many episodes you can syndicate it, you can make money off that. So that's that's content, and we're in a day and age when content is king, you know. And to by the way, to Jim Cornette who said I don't want I, I don't watch Lucha Underground because I don't watch wrestling shows with writers instead of bookers. I'm like fucking hey, dude, you need to come to the 21st century, pal, because you are so out of touch. As good as Jim Cornette is as far as certain ideas and certain concepts, he is so out of touch with what needs to happen for this business to not be 70s wrestling from Tennessee, which is apparently the only thing he can understand. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, man, you you have no clue what's going on. Well, he didn't see the appeal in Kevin Steen, and that's why they butted heads all the time in ROH. And Kevin Steen is now the NXT champion. Yeah, nope. absolutely. I mean, I mean, is Kevin Steen my favorite guy in NXT? No, but I see the value in him. I see the value of having a big fat guy that just crushes you and looks like he'll push you around in a bar and can work good matches and come off as an intimidating guy. I see the value in that. Like, you know, it's like I don't have to like Roman Reigns to see to know that I see the value in what Roman Reigns can do. Good hot tag guy, bodyguard, intimidating silent force. I get it. You... One of the reasons Paul Heyman was so great is Paul Heyman can see positives in everyone, and he knows what aspect of the show they can work on. Did Paul Heyman do everything right? Of course not. I hated some of BCW. Some of the stuff I just fast-forwarded through. But Paul Heyman knew enough about most of his stars to make you think each one of those guys was a top talent. They were not. I want to tell you how many bad guys he's had on that roster. But somehow combined with being a master motivator for the master talent evaluator, he was able to make a lot of that stuff work. I mean, Sandman and New Jack are about as limited as you could possibly conceive of a wrestler being. And he made you believe that they were top guys. Tony DeVito, he wasn't a top guy, but he was a jobber for the large part of his career. And Paul Heyman created the Baldies. And they, to a degree, got over. And, I mean... You know, he just <laughs> he's he is the um uh what's his name? Um Bruce Arians of the of wrestling, you know, a guy who can take talent where there might not be some and turn it into a big deal. So uh yeah. So in other fun news we had Darren Young commenting on the United Arab Emirates or uh, Abu Dhabi, which is in the UAE I believe. Am I totally I, wrong? I don't know. I should know that, but I don't. I'm I am so uninformed. I'm pretty sure I'm correct, but I just want to I just want to um Yes, it is. I actually had a pen pal from uh uh God, I forget where it was. Oh well, never mind. <laughs> oh, I remember pen pals. Um yeah. uh, and he was uh Darren Young made some comments on Twitter. Some would consider controversial, but he was talking about 
you know, how the WWE is going to Abu Dhabi and they historically and currently, although not as bad as some countries, don't treat women or uh, homosexuals very well. And he thought it was very hypocritical how WWE was having their Black History Month and then going to places like that and and uh, running shows there, which I think is a good point. However, WWE also goes to Russia and a few other places that are also not so nice of people and who might be slightly different from what WWE's normal audience is. Um, and I, I, I get and I agree where, where Daryl Darren Young is coming from, but on the same point, I like you know you can't think that WWE is not going to want to go to a tour where they're going to sell out every arena and like you know like. I, I, I completely get both sides. I don't think Darren Young should yeah. be silenced or punished for this because he's expressing an opinion. I don't think WWE, like, I mean, they they can run where they want to run, and they kind of admit that these places are not good, and they didn't bring Darren Young for his protection because some people are crazy. And I, I kind of, like, I, I, I get both sides. I totally get it. I, I don't agree with how certain countries in the Middle East treat women or gays or, you know, make them, like, have an escort or, you know... Um, oh, you know. types of stuff, yeah. Yes. Yeah, well, they're looking or, at it from a social aspect, and WWE is looking at it from a business aspect, and a lot of times the two clash, and that's just... This yeah. is just a case of that. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's what it is. I mean, it's not really a right and a wrong situation. Most situations aren't a right and a wrong. It's, you know, it's different viewpoints, and I kind of get it all, you know, I mean, they're, they're a company with shareholders, you know, they're, you know, it'd be nice to make a stand, but they're probably not going to do that, and, you know, honest, I mean, I get it, but it, honestly, is WWE the, the, the person that's going to make changes in Abu Dhabi, or is it going to be pressure from other countries and allies and the United States to say, hey, you know what, they, women should vote and not be covered from head to toe and shit. So um, I get it, but, you know, I, I thought it was uh, interesting enough to, to discuss. And, uh, I mean, I think I think uh, Darren should be allowed to speak, and I don't think he should have his tweets, like, deleted. I don't know if that was him doing it or WWE told him to do it, but, I mean, you know. You well, if you listen to CM Punk's Twitter. podcast, there's a real good chance they told Darren to do it. Yes, I, I would. I would say that's probably right. Which I don't think is. You know, that's. I understand it reflects on them as a company, but you know what? So does going to Abu Dhabi. And guess what? Him taking down that tweet is probably not going to change the fan, WWE's gay fans or fans that do not agree with that opinion just because Darren Young took the tweet down. So you know, I, I, I don't think that helps anyone beyond making you look like a draconian like uh, employer. So. Um, Although I will say the most shocking thing about this headline was that I did not know Darren Young still worked for the company. Oh, I know. Well, yeah, <laughs> I know, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, I like, well, we still have the job for for I, now. I, I think they 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 don't want to to fire Darren Young because that would not be good PR for them, and they don't seem to have anything for him to do, which is fucking funny because he was in the primetime players, and the primetime players were gaining steam. And now Titus O'Neil has nothing to it was like what the fuck was the point? I like we said that at the time, breaking up the primetime players was ridiculous and stupid. And okay, so now Titus Titus O'Neil is in another tag team with Heath Slater. Darren Young's doing nothing. Like why you know, why they always have to break it's like these tag teams have an expiration date. If they don't break them up then everything's ruined. Mm. Yeah, well I mean we could 
tie this into the Wyatt family as well. I'll never understand that, like why they broke them up. Not only breaking them up the way they did, but breaking them up so soon when there was plenty more to do. It's just mm-hmm. insane to me. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get to Raw. Um, this is not a good Raw, let me say that. I'll say this. I liked last week's Raw. Was that the um, – that was the, when they announced that Daniel Ryan and Roman Reigns were going against each other. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, that was much better. Um, yeah, this was not good. Um, there's so many things wrong with what they're doing. First of all, holy shit, you guys, we do not need to have two Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns versus some incarnation of the authority, which was basically the same match. Um, <laughs> we don't need it. We, we simply and I love the consistency with DQs. Yes, absolutely. Um, what else is stupid? Uh... Seth Rollins can beat Ryback clean. It's okay. You don't need um, Schma's endings there. Um, Dolph Ziggler, once again, is clean loss to Bray Wyatt, who, guys, I hate to tell you this, the Bray Wyatt-Undertaker match is not going to work. Like, we've said this for a while. Undertaker is dead, actually. And the match will not be good. Also, Undertaker is not undefeated anymore, so it's not special anymore. Also, the match won't be good still, like I just said. And, like, the idea that, oh, we're pushing Bray Wyatt so he can wrestle The Undertaker, like, hey, here's an idea. Why didn't you just fucking push Bray Wyatt because he looks like a star? Why didn't you just do that? Like, whoa, he has to wrestle The Undertaker and probably lose to The Undertaker, so you need to push him? It's like, how does that win? How does that help anyone? Let's let's have all our stars lose to Bray Wyatt. Well, he, he has to lose to Undertaker, so that way it builds him back up. So at WrestleMania 32, we can do Undertaker and Sting. I and, hate this company and how they fucking do this. Like, who benefits <laughs> from this shit? Everybody loses to Bray Wyatt. Then he loses to Undertaker. Then, like, oh, congratulations. People are only going to want to see Undertaker. Like, I hate you, WWE. And again, Punk talked about this in his podcast. You job me out to the Attitude Era, and people are are only going to care when they show up. And yeah. he's right. Yep. Um, and hey, Patrick, you know what's great? Triple H is going to have a confrontation with Sting at Fastlane about a match. So now he needs an answer to whether Sting will be at Fastlane so they can have a confrontation about a match. So they'll have a confrontation <laughs> about a confrontation for a match. Yeah. Some I forward mean, thinking right there. It's like, Jesus Christ, like, yeah, like, if, if Sting was there, which he wasn't, then use him what, in the most creative <laughs> It was the worst. And you could so clearly tell it was, ugh. Um, I was totally sold. I thought that was him. I thought he got hit extensions and uh, actually hit the gym. Yeah. Well, he's, he's tan, brother. So we can't we can't end the storyline the way that uh, he's not tan. So we can't end the storyline the way we want to. Um, Dean Ambrose beats Curtis Axel because after losing for nine years, Dean Ambrose can win again. Then uh, well, Curtis, here's another you know, thing. I actually want to bring this up. Last week's Raw, the one that I liked, they did the joke with Curtis Axel where Ambrose threw him out of the ring and everything, and Axel was all like, "I didn't lose at the Royal Rumble." Okay, and this is where they have no forward thinking. You have this little thread with Curtis Axel never being eliminated from the Royal Rumble. Why not turn him into a character where he tries to ruin WrestleMania feeling that there's some sort of injustice that, he's, that he got screwed out of the Royal Rumble? Why not let him be some kind of a, a 
player in the whole build up to the main event. Or if you're gonna make it a one note gag, then just keep it to the one the one show. You did the bit with Ambrose last week. Okay, it was funny, fine, whatever. Then they fast forward to this week, they do pretty and much they're the still exact doing same it. thing. So it's got to be a running gag. It's like, all right, because, you do it because WWE has to, whenever they have a joke, they have to do it for ninety years till you get it. And that's why, and that's why they get two hundred percent less money than they thought they were going to get on ad revenue because everybody thinks their fans are fucking stupid. And then this is like, why do they think they're stupid? Hey, bring out the new age outlaws so they can do that thing they always do. <laughs> Oh, God. See, you mentioned the Outlaws. That just reminded me of the bit with the Ascension. Have they been on TV since the Rumble? The Ascension? Yeah. Yeah, they're on, like, SmackDown. They're on the Tag Team Turmoil match. Oh, okay. They're actually booked okay. They, like, beat down uh, Roman and Daniel Bryan and got disqualified because they wouldn't stop beating them up. Um, So that's fine. But holy shit, too little too late after all the old guys beat you up. Also, smart move having fucking small-ass Connor and Victor, or not small-ass, but, you know, like, they're not as big as, like, the ATA or the NWO or anyone and, like, just get their ass kicked. Good idea. Show how small they are compared to everyone. Um, (laughs) And then we had the five-against-one match with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan against the authority. And... Like, yeah, okay. I mean, they, they, they're fighting. I remember when we got Daniel Bryan and various partners versus The Shield every week for like three months, but those matches were actually good. the greatest time ever. It was like a guaranteed great match every week. I'm so angry now that it doesn't happen. Because, I mean, yeah, you get Daniel Bryan and Seth Rollins still. But still, back then, like, we didn't know how good we had it. Remember, like, when they did it for, like, a little bit too long? We're like, oh, I'm going to actually wish Daniel Bryan would wrestle people other than The Shield. And now I'm like, oh, fuck me. What? We need to go back. <laughs> we need to go back to 2013. <laughs> yeah. That was really good all day. Yeah. I mean, this wasn't good. This was lazy storytelling at best. Like you said, the Curtis Axel thing is just, like, it's either it's a one-note joke or you keep doing it with a character, but no, it's a one-note joke that you keep doing with it. You know, it, it's, it's just so dumb. So dumb. Yeah, and I want to see this Hall of Champions or whatever it is that uh, Dean Ambrose keeps talking about. Yeah, the best part was in Bad News Bear, it says that Ambrose doesn't deserve a title shot. Who the fuck doesn't deserve an Intercontinental title shot? Like, can we stop pretending? Can, can we murder? I'm not murder. <laughs> merge those two belts. The U.S. Be, that would have been a good WrestleMania match. Why not keep Dolph Ziggler the IC champion and let him let him face Rusev to yeah. unify the two belts? Yeah, I mean, I suspect maybe Cena wins it and then Cena does it, so he feels like he's doing something. But you know, I mean, because Cena's fucking winning at Mania. I mean, he'll he'll probably have some some screwy finish where he doesn't lose, but whatever. And then he's he's winning at Mania because Cena's. Cena's um, consolation prize when he's not in the main event will always be to win against whoever. Like, he beat Bray Wyatt last year. That was a good idea. Everybody benefited from that. There was nothing (laughs) wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah, great call there. Yeah, Cena, who who latches on to everything good. Like, everybody, like, finally comes around in my way of thinking with Rusev and realizes Rusev's fucking awesome, and then Cena comes in. Yeah, it took it took a long time for people to warm up to Rusev, but I mean, really, he's one of the better heels on the show. Well, okay, 
he's a heel because the WWE wants him to be, although if you look at it from a morality standpoint, you actually analyze it. He's probably the most noble character on the show. Yeah. The thing is, he's like fucking Brock Lesnar in the fact that he's this giant man that can, like, move around. He Here's the thing, and this is like, I'm the guy, okay, I'm the guy, like, saying, oh, Daniel Bryan and CM Punk need to be on top all the time. So everybody's always like, oh, Eric loves small wrestlers so much. Fucking Rusev looks like he could beat the shit out of you. I get it. I get the value of wrestlers that look like they're tough and can beat the shit out of you. I totally get it, and I'm for that. I'm not for everybody being like that, and I'm not for no one being like that. But I understand the value of a Brock Lesnar and a Rusev. And fucking Rusev is a star. I've said it since day one. Patrick was a little bit on the fence at the first. He's like, he's just a xenophobic character. And yes, he was. But the stuff Rusev does, and, like, I buy Rusev. I buy that that's who he is and that's his character. And that's the most important thing, the emotional investment. And that's why Lesnar is more over than the Warlord and more over than anybody else, because you buy that that is Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar probably doesn't know pro wrestling his face. So, you know, you buy that. You buy that Rusev is this fucking crazy Bulgarian who will rip out your spleen and beat you to death with it. So that's important, and that's why I like Rusev. Because when I see him beating the shit out of people, I don't doubt it. I don't think I'm looking at a fake wrestling match. I get that I am, but I believe it, and I think that's important. So I've been saying that. Yeah, Austin's been over, over too. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a stud. I think, you know, in the way that they're building up Roman Reigns, I think Rusev's like the guy that they should be giving that kind of push to. Because, And I think they're doing the push fine. I think he's getting a long, sustained a uh, streak of crushing everybody. And if it was me, I mean, I guess they want to have the ending of, like, he loses to USA guy, which is John Cena. Fine. You know, I accept that. But, I mean, I would have him beat Cena. I would have him, like, leave Cena in a pool of his own blood. I would have, then I'd, like, build up somebody that can eventually take him down, whether that's, shit, I don't know. See, that could have been the spot you used Roman Reigns in. And then, like, a yeah, you mentioned that to me a couple weeks ago. And yeah, yeah I said that a few months ago. Right, like, we're all Roman... in agreement that Roman's not ready yet. And I think that's pretty much indisputable at this point. This would have been a good way to give Roman something to do, see if he can handle uh, a semi-main event. I would consider that to be a big match, just given the heat that Rusev has. Let's see how Roman does in that situation. We'll give him that win. And if you can yeah. handle that, and if everything goes well from there, then we can talk about maybe eventually putting him in the main event. But yeah, you know. because Roman's—I mean, Rusev's proven. Uh, I'm not saying the guy gets a, a great match out of everyone; he doesn't. But Rusev's proven he can have good matches. Roman Reigns has yet to have a good singles match. I cannot think of a good Roman Reigns singles match. I can think of passable ones. I can think think of ones with Seth Rollins that aren't horrible. But Rusev, I mean, Roman Reigns has yet to have a good singles match. Rusev has. Rusev's had a few of them. And I think Rusev is more over than Roman Reigns could ever be. So I think there will be a, a situation that would help him. But, of course, they, they didn't do that because patience is not their strong suit. But, you know, I mean, I, I, I think the guy's a stud. I've said it from, from day one. I think he's what they wanted Jack Swagger to be back in 2009. I think he's that kind of monster heel that – you believe, and thankfully they haven't fucked over completely yet. I mean, I, I would have never had to rock rock bottom them and, and call Lana a hoe, but, you know, and on top of that, uh, on top Again, of that... Again, something off of how he really is the most noble character on the show. He's so noble. On top of that, nobody talks about this because she's so beautiful and we think she's fantastic. Lana is one of the best actresses on the show, and maybe it's because Lana yeah. is an actress, but once again, value of manager that, that Patrick and I talk about all the time. And it's amazing how this company is always like, 
uh, you got to stick to these shitty old school ideals, shuns the old school ideals that would actually help them. Stuff like um, using managers for guys that can't talk as well, which makes it so much more effective when Rusev grabs the mic every once in a while and says, John Cena, you're old and you'll die and I'll rip your heart out. And you're like, ugh. Or when Brock Lesnar grabs the mic from Paul Heyman and says, party's over, Grandpa. You know, those are the things that, like, that makes it mean more. And to me, putting a Lana or a Heyman with a Rusev and a Lesnar enhances them so much. And, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And also, again, you know, Lana, to throw more praise on her, her acting really adds to the believability of, Rusev as a character, and it really is a lot of the things that we praise Dario Cuenco for, and which are underground. His acting yes. really is the backbone of that show. I mean, he yes. just sells everything and makes everything so believable that you accept what Lucha Underground does and how they present their show, largely because of their owner and the way he presents himself. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like if you get professional actors and actresses that are good, that well, and, and I'm not saying, like, don't have to wrestle because, you know, there's a reason pro wrestlers are pro wrestlers. They do things that that the rest of us cannot do as well. But pro wrestlers are not necessarily the best talkers. Some are, some aren't. But if you get an actor and actress and they can do that, that enhances your show. <laughs> and your show business, he says it all the time, your entertainment, embrace that shit. I'm not saying, like, just have a bunch of actors and stuff and don't use wrestlers? Of course not. But maybe, I mean, what are managers as opposed to actors that have been initiated into the business? Like, come on. Like, you, like what do you think Bobby the Brain Heenan is? What do you think Paul Heyman is? They don't wrestle, but they know the business and they can talk. There you go. <laughs> so, and Bobby Heenan, Andre the Giant's heel turn back in 87 would not have worked if you didn't have him as Andre's manager because Andre, big star, great you know, big name in the history of wrestling, great attraction, not a very good talker. You needed you yep. needed Bobby Heenan to sell that and make that work. And once again, when Andre did talk and he said a few words, it meant so much more. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely. Well, I think with, yeah. when they did the Piper's Pit where he turned, I think they only had, he only had like the one or two lines where it's like, I'm here to challenge you for a championship match at the WrestleMania. And that was pretty much he, all he, he said. Yeah, and then he ripped the, the shirt off in the cross. Um Andre, no, fuck you, Hulk Hogan. Andre got that three count. Anyway, um, I think that's, <laughs> I think that's about it. I, was that two or was that three, Gorilla? Gorilla, we need to know. That's one of my favorite calls. <laughs> was that two or was that three? Referee Joey Morella looking at the uh, real monsoon Joey... son, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adopted son. What was Gorilla Monsoon's real name? Art Morella or what was it? I. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, ladies and gentlemen, I think we're going to leave, but we'll leave you with this. Was that one or was that two, Gorilla? Or was that two or was that three, Gorilla? I just like how he says it and how Jesse Ventura is constantly congested. Um, all right. So, I think that's all. But I, I had lots of stuff that we had to talk about. Good stuff. Good shit, yeah. pal. Um, yeah, very good. Very good. We didn't get a chance to really review NXT uh what's it called, Rival. Um, I will say, just very briefly, very good show once again from NXT, and they continue to be the best show that WWE puts on. Yeah. Well, let's do that next week, because I haven't mm-hmm. seen it yet, because I had other things. And next week, um, we can talk about it together, and it'll be fun. 
Awesome. I will also, right. uh, next week, I will have also seen New Japan's uh, New Beginning shows. They did two shows this week, and I'm going to get oh, around to watching those. Great, yeah. So we'll have, we'll have all sorts of non-WWE stuff to talk about for those of you who do not want to hear that stuff. So. And we'll probably be happier. Yes, I hope so. So, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to thank you for joining us uh, and for supporting us, as you always do. For Eric Clancy and Patrick Kelly, we are signing off.
step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.